This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 143. Staying true with the kind of traditional format here. As I've mentioned before, I'm thinking episode 145. A nice uh, round number like that. I'll do uh, another themed episode. So this one and the next one will be kind of the usual format. All right. I'm jumping right in here. Uh, We're going to Poland. This is a four-piece kind of speed metal band, but it's definitely more aggressive and harsh uh, than kind of your typical speed metal, I would say. Formed in 79, that band is Kat, K-A-T. Still going, uh, only one original member left. I've noticed that a lot of these bands kind of follow that same path where these, these bands from back in the day, some new wave of British heavy metal bands, things like that, they'll reform after a long hiatus and then they'll have like let's say it's a four-piece band they'll they'll reform with like three original members and they'll release an album and then one of them leaves so now you're down to two and maybe they release another album and then another one leaves and then from there on out they just carry on with one original member and it seems to be that way with a ton of these older bands that they're still going but now they're down to just one original guy But still releasing some killer material. Their newer stuff is really good. Uh, I'm going to play something off the debut, of course. A bit of a classic album called Metal and Hell that came out in April of 86 um, through Ambush Records. And they've put out 10 records at this point. And yeah, like I said, still going. And um, very influential on bands like uh, Vader. I believe Peter from Vader has uh, has cited them as being a, a big influence on him back in the day. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. This is pretty much musically speed metal, but um, the vocals just had a little bit more of a harsh tone to them, kind of similar to 80s creator albums and things like that. But, um, you know, kind of a nice old school, somewhat harsh production, and this is a a classic record for sure. Very 80s, but um, it still holds up to my ears at least, so... Here we go, off of the debut from 1986's Metal and Hell. This is Cat with Killer. Yeah, 
There we go. That was Cat with Killer. Yeah, I mean, it may sound like they recorded it in, inside of a tin can or something, but uh, I still really enjoy that record. Um, all right, we're going to Finland here for some tasty black metal. Uh, the Finnish scene is, is one of my favorites. Very uh, atmospheric and melodic riffing that they always seem to have between, you know, Behexen and Horna and Sargeist and Baptism and bands like that. I'm going to play Behexen. Uh, they've been going since 96. All these bands kind of share members, or they have over the years. Um, if you look on Metal Archives and stuff, a lot of their past members all have <laughs> these same three or four bands, you know, mentioned. Um, but Behexen, they changed over the years. You know, they've always been good. The, uh, the vocal style, especially, used to be very high and shrieky on uh, the first, you know, album. And um, what was it called? By the Blessing of Satan, I believe, was the uh, EP that followed the debut. And it had a real high, shrieky style. Um, almost as high as, like, the old singer for, uh, for Enthroned. Not, not quite that high, but close. And then uh, on the album My Soul for His Glory, he kind of started with a, a deeper delivery. It's the same singer. And he just kind of changed his style, and he's kind of uh, kept that going ever since. Just probably easier on his throat, who knows, but um, still sounds great. But I'm going to play something off the debut here. They've put out five albums uh, up to this point. They kind of space them out a little bit, but um, but yeah, like I said, each one of these records has been really strong. They haven't really uh, had a weak spot, in you know, in my opinion. But the debut is called Ritual Satanum, and that came out in 2000 through Sinister Figure Records, which I've never heard of before. But um, yeah, they're just one of those. They're one of the uh, top tier Finnish black metal bands for a reason. Um, they just are always quality. So here we go. Enjoy some high shrieky vocals here on the debut. So off of Ritual Satanum, this is Behexen with Blessed Be the Darkness.
There we go. That's Behexen from Finland with Blessed Be the Darkness. Um, great record. And yeah, we're going to keep going with some kind of more primitive and more melodic black metal here, but we're going to the USA for this next one. It's a three-piece from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Not the uh, typical place that you would expect to hear some black metal like this. But uh, this is a three-piece that's been going since 2019, and they're called Till, T-I-L-L. Um, I do not recall where I first heard them, but I know that it was very much uh, kind of by accident, and um, probably just saw an album cover or something that I liked and decided to give it a listen. And it's pretty good. They've got some cheesy keys going, uh, but it's not really to uh, a detriment or anything to the music, but uh, it's a little comical, but I think it just kind of adds a certain charm to it. But uh, good vocals and some good kind of melodic riffing, you know, not that drastically different from uh, what we just heard from Behexen here. But um, they've put out three albums, you know, again, I've never really heard of them until very recently. But, um, you know, they've been around since 2019. They've put out uh, two albums in um, 2021, and then uh, they put out this most recent one in 2022. Uh, the album, I'm going to play something off of that most recent one. It's called Monument to Man's Frailty. And that was released independently in August of last year. And as I said, that's album number three. And to my knowledge, they're not signed. I think they're still releasing everything independently. So you know what I'm going to say. Anytime bands are just kind of releasing stuff digitally or independently, um, I'm going to suggest that you know if, if you listen to this and you like it, uh, go ahead and seek out their band camp pages if they have one or visit their websites, things like that, and uh, and purchase some merch or purchase some music and support the band. So here we go, off of the most recent record, Monument to Man's Frailty. This is Till from Oklahoma with Man's Greatest Tomb.
that outro goes on for quite a while actually so I elected to kind of chop it in half and fade it down because you kind of you get the idea you don't need to hear a full 40 seconds of that that was Till from Oklahoma with Man's Greatest Tomb we're gonna jump now uh, to Rhode Island in the USA death metal band that's been going since 88 um, that's Vital Remains and I've played Vital Remains before a couple of times um, basically they had been around for, you know, all through the 90s and such, releasing good death metal, but not super memorable. It didn't really uh, make waves in the same way that, like, a Morbid Angel-type band uh, did, but they were certainly known, and it wasn't until they released uh, Dechristianize, in my opinion, that they really uh, jumped up to uh, kind of a top-tier death metal band at the time. That was a really popular record, and uh, the musicianship had really uh they upped the ante for that one um definitely more technical but also more melodic there was a lot of excellent lead guitar work um from what the hell was his name suzuki dave suzuki was that his name i think it was dave um but yeah he was there just for a trio of albums and uh after he left they just haven't released anything and i'm not really sure what the deal is there maybe suzuki had a, a you know a big part in those records being so good and without him there maybe they feel like they can't quite uh match that level of quality or something i'm not really sure but um but ever since that era they've had kind of a revolving door of members live members tons of live drummers different singers you know they've kind of been all over the place here uh, but on dechristianize and on this one i'm going to play something off of icons of evil uh, Glenn Benton from Deicide was uh, the session vocalist, um, so you'll definitely recognize his voice. But yes, Icons of Evil is their most recent album, their sixth album, and that came out all the way back in 2007 through Century Media Records. And uh, they've, you know, done plenty of touring and festivals and shows and stuff. They just don't uh, release any new material these days. But um, but yeah, this this one really picked up where Dechristianize left off. Uh, the songs are long, just like on Dechristianize. Uh, lots of excellent guitar work, really fast and intense drumming. Uh, so it's definitely uh, it's definitely a, a wall of sound for sure. And uh, some of these songs can be a chore to get through because they're so long. But uh, most of them are just really well put together, in my opinion. This one. Um, is one of my favorites off of the album. So here we go, off of 2007's Icons of Evil. This is Vital Remains with Scorned. I'm gonna go 
Alright, there we go. That was Vital Remains with Scorned off of Icons of Evil from 2007. Yeah, Tony Lazaro, the guitar player, he's the only original member left. Um, and he, I want to say to maybe two years ago, there was a GoFundMe going for him because he uh, was found to have had a brain tumor and needed uh, surgery and, um, you know, possible cancer treatment and stuff like that. And there was a GoFundMe to raise, you know, funds for his uh, medical bills and things like that. So I contributed to that. And then I have no idea what happened. He's still around, so I can only assume surgery was well, went well, and he's uh, recovered, I assume. I don't think it's ongoing, but I really haven't heard anything, so uh, glad he's still around. But yeah, um, that's kind of the last real news I've heard regarding Vital Remains uh, in quite a while. But uh, their guitar player, other guitar player, slash vocalist, Scott Eames, I think that's how you pronounce it, it's E-A-M-E-S, um, but he's been kind of in the, in the spotlight with Nile. He's been doing live guitar and vocals with Nile, uh, for the last, you know, I don't know, at least a year, if not longer. Um, so yeah, no idea if they ever plan on releasing new material, but I'm not holding my breath. All right, staying in the USA here. Uh, there's several American bands on this episode, but we're going to California, the old Bay Area thrash this band uh, formed in 87, and they were kind of considered part of that second tier, that second group, you know, along with like Testament and bands like that. Um, maybe Death Angel. But it's Forbidden, and they were uh, originally called Forbidden Evil, and then they shortened it to Forbidden. Uh, but their debut album was called Forbidden Evil. It came out in September of 88. That was their first album out of five. Um, yeah, their first two albums are kind of must-listens for me. I think it's really, really good stuff. And then once we got into the 90s, things kind of sound changed a little too much uh, for those couple of albums in the 90s. And then they ultimately broke up, uh, I want to say, in like 99 or something like that. And then they reformed and released an album called Omega Wave. Um, I want to say that was maybe 2011 when that came out because I saw them... Uh, at Inferno Festival in 2011, and they were, you know, kind of supporting that new record. Um, but a lot of people, you know, if you're like me anyways, um, probably know of Forbidden mainly because that was uh, Paul Bostaff's um, first band before joining Slayer. So he drums on the first two records, and uh, the drumming is really, really good. In fact, it was so good that uh, the guys in Slayer, whenever he was recommended to them, they didn't think he would be a good fit because it was not just kind of straightforward, fast, thrashy stuff. I mean, he did some fast, thrashy drumming, of course, but Forbidden was always a little bit more intricate, especially on the second album, Twisted Into Form. Uh, the song structures and things like that called for a little more kind of fancy drumming, I guess, would be just a plain way to say it. But, um, but yeah, he obviously had the chops um, to make it in Slayer, but... Um, but yeah, his work on these first two Forbidden records are, are fantastic to me. Um, so yeah, Forbidden Evil came out through Combat Records back in 88. And this one's a little more straightforward, a little more thrashy. Um, the singer, I believe his name's Russ Anderson, if I remember right. He has a more kind of soaring vocal style. Uh, it's not really like a harsh, thrashy voice. He does more like real singing. And uh, they actually recently, the reason I'm playing them at all is because they recently announced that they have reformed and are working on new music. So it kind of prompted me to go back and listen to some of their old stuff. But 
uh, Russ Anderson is not going to be part of it. You know, he's had some issues with alcoholism and things like that. Um, so he is, from what I understand, he's doing well. He's clean and all that. Um, but I think he just feels like, you know, being back in the band might be, you know, not the best thing for him pretty much. So, um, so yeah, they've got some of the guys that participated on that Omega Wave record from 2011. They're coming back and they got a new vocalist and stuff like that. So very anxious to hear uh, what they come out with. So anyways, let's go back here off of the debut Forbidden Evil from 1988. This is Forbidden with Chalice of Blood.
is forbidden from california with chalice of blood that's definitely kind of one of the one of their more well-known songs um yeah i mean like i said that last album they did omega wave was a really nice return to form had a real classic um feel to it so uh, from what i understand they kind of plan on keeping things in that style so i'm definitely going to check it out whenever they do uh, eventually release something new all right, we're going to Sweden here. This is a three-piece band that is no more. They existed from 2013 to 2020 before calling it quits, and that is Onda Makter. And their debut came out in 2018, I want to say. And, uh, and then they released a second album called The Misanthropic Blasphemy uh, in December of 2020, and that proved to be their final release. Uh, it was released independently, although I know they were signed... Uh, at some point to kind of a smaller label i can't remember what it was it was a swedish label but um yeah they sound for a three-piece it sounds very big you know it's kind of like a, a mortal or something you know doesn't sound like a three-piece band but um it was good black metal for what it was it's just not a whole lot of um you know curveballs thrown at you with their sound it's very much what you'd expect but uh they did it really well debut was good but this second album um i felt like was a step up for them and it's kind of a shame that they uh they didn't stay together and i i should double check but i don't think the members from that band um are in any sort of real big or notable you know projects ever since this one uh, was put to rest they kind of weren't uh you know people that i remember from other bands or anything like that but um but yeah they, they released a couple of good albums and sometimes that's just all we get so here we go off of their second album the misanthropic blasphemy from 2020 this is onda mokter with mistress of the moon <laughs>
There we go. That was Onda Mokder from Sweden with Mistress of the Moon. I love the production of that record, especially the drums. The drums, kick drums sound so nice to me. It's very raw and rough, but you hear everything very clearly. Uh, and it just kind of still sounds powerful. Um, all right, we're going to Germany here, to Bavaria, a four-piece band that's been going since 2019. And this is another one that I came across um, online, just on Facebook. I think it was probably through Black Metal Promotion. Uh, the band is called Agash, and that's uh, A-G-A-S-C-H. And what struck me was the album cover. I mean, I say this a lot, but if you have a good one, that's going to entice me to check it out. And um, I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I had I shouldn't say surprised. It looked like it was going to be cool, and it uh, delivered on that promise. So um, the album, it's their debut that I'm going to play something off of. They released an EP in 2021, uh, but uh, this debut full-length just came out on uh, May 6th called Waldgeist, which I believe, according to Google at least, uh, translates to like forest spirit and uh, they released this independently, and it's a really good record. Um, I just, I don't have a ton to say because I don't know much about this band. It's very new, you know, like the thing just came out on May 6th, and I probably, uh, that's probably why I was seeing something about it on Facebook, so that tells you how fresh it is on my brain, but uh, just in the couple of times that I've listened through this album, um, I've really enjoyed it, so... This one stood out uh, as a favorite of mine from the album, and again, it was released independently, so go ahead and seek it out. I'm sure the band uh, probably has a Bandcamp page, and you can listen to it and buy the album or buy whatever and support. So here we go, off of the debut full-length that just came out, called Waldgeist. This is Agash from Germany with Schattenbild, and that means silhouette, if I remember right.
there we go from germany that was agash with schattenbild and um really good record i mean they kind of vary the tempos the production is really well done and uh that's a pretty killer album cover like i said so check it out uh all right this is a band that i know very little about (laughs) but really enjoyed band called numbskull from illinois um, so it, I, evidently they existed originally from 85 to 91, and then, uh, again, they reformed 94 to 96, and then reformed again 2020 to 2022 before they finally called it quits again. And from what I understand, every time they've reformed, they've gotten, like, more extreme, and to where it's practically death metal, you know, towards the end. But they always seem to be a more aggressive thrash band with their early material. The reason I'm playing them is because I came across an article recently of, um, you know, top 10 thrash bands slash albums that should have been bigger. Like that people just didn't talk about and they should have been more well known than they were. And this debut album uh, from Numbskull was on the list. And uh, so I went ahead and checked it out and really liked it. And I was surprised 
Because when I was in high school, I mean, I was diving into all things thrash and finding all these different bands and never once came across Numbskull. So they were definitely a, a hidden gem here. But I'm going to play something off of that album, the debut, the one that uh, was on the list, called Ritually Abused, and that came out in 1988 um, through Medusa Records. And they've only put out two full-length albums. There was one in 88 and one in 96, and then there was just a series of other little singles and things uh, later on in their career. But um, but yeah, I, I honestly have not heard the second album. I just heard this debut and thought it was really good and agreed that it's definitely worthy of more praise uh, than it got. But um, just a really cool, aggressive thrash band and a, a great album here. So... Here we go off of 1988's Ritually Abused. This is Numb Skull, and that's numb without the B. It's just N-U-M Skull with Off With Your Head.
All right, there we go. That is Numb Skull from Illinois with Off With Your Head. Uh, very intense, especially for the time. Uh, I mean, 88, that's when Testament was starting to kind of go a little, little commercial here with Practice What You Preach and stuff like that. And this was just, you know, nose to the grindstone, aggressive thrash right there. Um, all right, we're going back to Finland here, a five-piece kind of punkish black metal band that's been going since 1990, and that is Impaled Nazarene. And they're great. I love Impaled Nazarene. <laughs> they've put out 13 records up to this point, and, um, and they've been kind of on a roll with the last few. They've never really released a bad one, but uh, the last couple especially have been really good. Um, I first heard them with 2003's uh, All That You Fear was the first one that I had heard of theirs. And that uh, was just kind of advertised heavily in magazines and stuff at the time. But I'm going to play something, uh, the album prior to that. Um, it's called Absence of War Does Not Mean Peace, and that came out in 2001. Album number 7 out of 13, and that was released through Osmos Productions, which they might still be on Osmos for all I know. They, they stayed on there for a really long time. Uh, they've always been pretty loyal to the label. But, um, you know, this this album in particular, of course, what strikes you most is probably the album cover because it is a very uh, uh, buxom woman with uh, with a, what is that called, a bandolier of bullets? That's what it's called, right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> draped across her chest or whatever. But uh, black and white photo, just an interesting cover, especially compared to their older, more intricate, you know, painted covers and stuff like that. And this definitely seemed like a more... Um, avant-garde or modern, you know, style of, of album cover. But um, music is great. Production is great. Um, this is right after the album they did with Alexi Leho from, um, um, oh Jesus, Children of Bodom. But um, he was not in the band for this one. But uh, they've had some, some turnover over the years, and they've always kind of stayed the course and kept their sound. It's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, this is an excellent album. And, um, I mean, it's just one, one of many excellent albums they have. So, here we go. Off of 2001's Absence of War Does Not Mean Peace. This is Impaled Nazarene with Into the Eye of the Storm.
All right, that was Impaled Nazarene with Into the Eyes of the Storm. Great record. Um, Love those guys. I mean, some albums will have a ton of songs that are really short, and then other albums will be more traditional with like 10 songs that are a little bit longer. Like that one we just heard is one of the longer ones on that that album. Um, All right, let's move on here to the USA out of California. Uh, Been around since 81. It's one of the big four. Uh, It's Metallica, and while I love to play more obscure things, or at least uh, things that aren't like way in the mainstream, um, I feel like I have to touch on this new Metallica record. I just recorded several minutes of me talking about this, and then the computer crashed before I could save it, so take two. Um, I think this new album's great, and it's not perfect. There's too many songs. Uh, What I did was, I've done this for several bands and albums and stuff, is I saved the album on Spotify as a playlist, and then I went through and removed three songs that I felt were either bad songs or just filler, just forgettable filler. So it went from 12 songs in like 70 minutes to um, 9 songs and 56 minutes, I believe it was, and it's way better. Um... I removed, let's see, If Darkness Had a Sun, because I think that song just blows, and the fact that it was one of the singles uh, just blows my mind. But I removed that one, uh, You Must Burn, because it's, while it has some kind of Black Sabbath tendencies to it, and it's, you know, it's a heavy song, uh, it's ultimately just a bit boring and forgettable. And then I deleted um, Crown of Barbed Wire, because that one just kind of plods along and doesn't really do anything particularly interesting to my ears. So uh, even that closing song in a Murata, which is like 12 minutes long um it kind of saves itself because to me that sounds like something it would have fit right in on reload or something like that like it's not uh that great of a tune but um it does save itself in the middle with some of the more melodic and slow sections and the way that it kind of builds up uh and out of that you know and the way it closes out the song i think is pretty good so it uh it stays it stays on the playlist but um I'm going to take a second to stop and save before I get any further. All right, there we go. Magic of editing. We're back. Um, but yeah, I. one thing I want to stress is that this is not a thrashy album. And another thing I want to stress is people need to stop thinking of Metallica as a thrash band. I get that they're part of the big four of thrash, but I think we kind of have revisionist history here because when you listen to those classic albums... They're not really thrash albums. There's thrash on them, but they have never released a Rain and Blood. You know, <clears throat> they they have never released a full-blown thrash album. Uh, even Kill 'Em All doesn't have a whole lot on there that's thrash, apart from like Phantom Lord maybe and and Metal Militia. Um, the debut has a lot more in line with like New Wave of British Heavy Metal. It's just played faster. And the same could be said with Ride the Lightning. It's got some thrash songs on there, like Fight Fire with Fire and Trapped Under Ice and stuff like that. Um, but Escape's not a thrash song. Call of Cthulhu's not thrash. Fade to Black is not thrash. So it's a mixed bag. And the same with Master of Puppets. You know, there's Damage Incorporated and Battery and, and Disposable Heroes are very thrashy songs, but <clears throat> there's plenty on there that is not. Um, so yeah, I think that people that are just like oh they've you know metallica's forgotten how to be a thrash band they used to be so much better when they were a thrash band and it's like they weren't really though like they kind of were just more new wave of british heavy metal or kind of speed metal stuff 
with the occasional thrashy tune in there. So I think that this new record has a lot more in line with their roots in terms of an appreciation and an influence from new wave of British heavy metal. Um, and it's really present on this new album. So if new wave of British heavy metal is not your thing, or if you've never been that into it, I don't expect many people even really notice it. But I'm not an expert on it, but I'm well-versed enough in listening to a lot of those bands that uh, you can definitely hear. There's a ton of it on this new one. There's a ton of that old new wave of British heavy metal riffing, the leads, the harmonies. Um, there's a lot of it on there, and I can really appreciate it. And... Um, like I said, these songs aren't perfect. Even the ones that are good songs could use some trimming. You know, there's some some riffs, some sections that go on for too long that they should cut them down and stuff like that. Production, guitars sound great. I love that you can hear the bass really well. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he does some cool things on bass that you can actually hear for a change. And um, Lars's snare sounds great, but it sounds fake almost. Like, it sounds like a sample to me. Uh, but the snare sounds good. The kick drums I hate. I really hate the, the way that they're mixed. Um, it's just kind of an obnoxious like frequency that they're at. But um, like if they would just record with like Andy Sneap or something, it would be much better to me. It would sound like everybody else, but still, like I, I prefer that to whatever it is that they're doing with uh, with Feidelman here. But anyways, this album I've listened to a lot, and it's grown on me. Um, there's it ends really well you know that in the song is super long but um doesn't really bother me but the the tunes that precede it are especially good so i'm gonna play one of them right now um i'm gonna play the song room of mirrors so again the record if you haven't heard it 72 seasons came out on uh, on april 14th through blackened recordings and uh, that's album number 11 which it feels like they should have a lot more albums out <laughs> over the course of you know 40 years or whatever but um yeah it's their first one in seven years here and i think uh, ultimately they succeeded in what they needed to do here um it's just cool like james sounds more enthusiastic than he has in a while to me uh lyrics eh, they're not great there's a lot of uh, i think alan averill referred to it as, uh, as therapy speak where it's just a whole lot of listening to a really rich white man complain about just i got so many demons man life is so hard but you know there's a lot of complaining about his internal demons um <laughs> but it doesn't bother me too much but this song in particular has some good energy to it um there's a section in the middle that introduces this cool melody and then uh halfway through there's a harmony that gets introduced and it sounds great it's a very classic metallica sounding uh harmonized section and then they come out of it and then not long after, they go back into it and they kind of repeat the same formula where they introduce that melody and then the harmony comes in halfway through. But it's that second time um, that they do it. When the harmony comes in, Lars switches to double bass and something about that section and that moment in particular just kind of gives you, gives you the classic vibes, you know, classic Metallica vibes just for even if you just get it for one section of the song, uh, it's just enough to make you kind of nod your head in approval and say all right they, they can still do it when they want to you know but this one is definitely my favorite off of the album and um if you haven't really given it a solid chance i say give it several listens you'll you'll get some stuff stuck in your head for sure 
So here we go, off of the 11th album, 72 Seasons, this is Metallica with Room of Mirrors.
right, that was Metallica with Room of Mirrors. You'll have to excuse any background noise because my son's cat has decided that it is the perfect time to go ape shit with one of his toys in the living room, and uh, he's making all kinds of jingling and noise. But what else is new? Um, yeah, that song is definitely my favorite. Too Far Gone would be another one. Uh, Lux Eterna, which was the first single. Uh, I mean, that one's probably the most obvious um, new wave of British heavy metal, you know, inspiration there. But yeah, I mean, after all these years, the band that I hear the most in songs like that is still Diamond Head. That seems to have always been their their top influence, and I still hear plenty of that um, in their sound. But anyways, we're going to Moscow, Russia here, and this band existed from uh, 2000 to 2004, and then they regrouped in 2010, and they're still going now. It's a four-piece kind of post-black metal, just kind of modern black metal, I guess. Uh, They're called Negative Voice, and... They put out a debut in 2013, which I have not heard, uh, but they put out a second album in 2016, which I really hadn't heard much of until recently. The The album cover was super familiar to me. I feel like I've heard it before and it maybe just didn't quite click, um, but I gave it another listen recently. I can't remember where I came across it to kind of jog my memory. Um... But I definitely recognized it. Like, I recognized the band name, recognized the album cover. I was like, I know I've heard this, but I just need to go back and listen again. And the album I'm speaking of is album number two called Cold Redrafted, and that came out in April of 2016 through Hypnotic Dirge Records. And it's good. It's probably not one I'm going to go back to, and there's probably a reason why I kind of forgot I had listened to it initially. Um, It didn't quite stick with me, but it's still really well done. And uh, if you're a fan of this, you know, style, this kind of more modern uh, black metal style, I think that this is a, a band that you would enjoy. So here we go off of album number two. This is Cold Redraft, not Cold, this is Negative Voice off of the album Cold Redrafted. And the song is called Nightmare Everlasting. Jesus, Cat, will you calm down?
All right, there we go. That is Negative Voice from Russia with Nightmare Everlasting. Uh, all right, let's jump to Norway here. Although the uh, the main man in this band, uh, the one like constant member, he has moved to other countries several times, like three different times from Norway originally and then has now ended up back in Norway again uh, in Bergen, I believe. The band is Ancient and they've been going since 92. Um, always heard of Ancient, listened to them a bit, uh, probably when I was late in high school, kind of first getting into black metal. Um, enjoyed what I heard, but they weren't one that had a ton of staying power with me. I'd go back occasionally and listen. Uh, kind of caught my attention again in later years when they had, um, Nick Barker do drums on, uh, their most recent record, I think it was, but it's been several years now. They haven't done much lately, but, um... I don't think he, for a long time, he was still listed as like their current drummer, but they just weren't really doing anything. So uh, I think eventually he just, you know, formally cut ties with them because now he's listed as being an ex-member of Ancient. But um, yeah, the debut, really cool record. Uh, I actually just listened to it again recently, and then it kind of made me go down the rabbit hole of their discography a little bit more. I uh, hadn't really paid close attention over the years, so it was kind of nice to go through and listen to some of these records. So I'm going to play something off of uh, album number two, which was the Canian Chronicle. And that came out in June of uh, 1996 through Metal Blade. So that was album number two out of seven. And uh, like I said, I can't remember when the seventh one came out, but it's been a while. Uh, and they haven't released anything new, so don't really know what the future holds for them. But I would say for sure those first couple of records are kind of the most magical <laughs> they kind of have a certain vibe to them that you just know you're listening to some good 90s black metal um and yeah they you know they're certainly known but they just never really got uh, this big popularity that uh, that some of the others got out of norway at the time but uh but yeah it's good stuff these first couple of records so here we go off of album number two from 1996 the canian chronicle this is ancient with the pagan cycle
needs more flanger. Alright, that was Ancient from Norway with the Pagan Cycle. Great song, and I really enjoy that record uh, as much, if not more so, than the debut. Um, Alright, I am excited for this next one. We're going to Argentina. This is a three-piece that's been going since 07, and I had not heard them until recently. And, man, are they good. Um, The band is called Darker Mysteria. And I have not heard the first two records because I heard this third one, and I've been kind of stuck on it. I've been listening to it a lot lately, and it's really damn good. Um, A lot of Spanish language, you know, album and song titles, being from Argentina, of course. Uh, But this was released independently. I meant to double-check if they're signed to anybody uh, right now, because this album came out in 2019, so that I would expect... You know, this stuff is certainly good enough to where it should they should be signed and uh, having a label assist them with releasing these things. But the album, album number three, came out in August of 2019. It's called Ceremonia de Brujeria Ancestral. And which is what? Ancient Witch Ceremony, I believe, is the translation there. But uh, the production is great. The riffing is phenomenal. Very just atmospheric. Um... This, yeah, this it's not reinventing black metal, but it is just some of the best kind of melodic black metal that I've heard in a while. And uh, and that's, say, that's really saying something. But um, three-piece as well, just really talented people. And um, I need to go and listen to the first two records, because if they're anything as good as, uh, even close to as good as this third one, then I'm all in. Um, this tune is awesome. It's definitely a standout for me, and uh, I think you guys are really going to dig it. I'm, I was excited. Whenever I heard this and I wrote down that I wanted to play it on one of the episodes coming up soon, I was kind of wringing my hands together. I was like, I think the people are going to like this. Um, so here we go off of their third album. This is Darker Mysteria with Ritual de la Luna en Sangre, which means Blood Moon Ritual, I think. Yeah, 
Darker Mysteria from Argentina with Ritual de la Luna and Sangre. Um, that was so good. Yeah, that record is fantastic, and um, that's one that I was really pleased to have found. Um, but like I said, I really need to listen to the first two as well, and maybe I'll make that uh, my goal on uh, on Monday while I'm working or something. I'll listen to those. Uh, All right, it's that time for me to announce the final song of the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening, as always. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, If you want to tell them where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. Um, And, of course, the entire catalog of episodes is on Spotify as well, so you can find the podcast there and follow it. Uh, any sort of feedback or requests or uh, anything that you want to share with me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of updates uh, and news or poll questions for you guys, the listeners, uh, anything that I really want to get to you uh, is going to be posted there. So find it and like the page so you don't miss out. Yeah, I've already got a few things in mind for the next episode not too much yet but uh, as i said i think episode 145 will be a theme so uh, be on the lookout i'm probably going to post something soon um you know just kind of asking what kind of theme you guys might be wanting to hear and we'll go from there uh all right we're going to germany here to close things out this is a five-piece doom band that's been going since 05 and it's one that i had heard but frankly just kind of forgot about and um my friend Sean in Colorado, you know, he's been kind of sharing some stuff with me lately of what he's been listening to and uh, and vice versa. I've been sending him stuff and he sends me stuff. So he was listening to this record and I wasn't sure if I had heard it. Like I knew I had heard of this band and I know I've heard some of their stuff, but I couldn't tell you what album it was off of or anything like that. Um, but he sent me this record and said, man, this record is so good if you haven't heard it. But the band is Nailed to Obscurity, and uh, the album in question is uh, called King Delusion, and it came out in February of 2017 through Apostasy Records, and that was album number three of four. 
Um, I listened to the most recent one, the fourth one, and it was okay. I didn't like it as much, but uh, he was right. Listening to this third album, uh, King Delusion, really strong Doom album from start to finish. Um, it has a very modern, you know, sleek and punchy, clear production, um, but it it's, helps the music, I would say. Like, if they had a real kind of... Uh, 90s sound and you know production on this it might not have the impact um that they're looking for but um the production on this one suits the music really well and it's just really big sounding heavy punchy powerful melodic doom metal and uh, they just do it really well so can't speak for the first two albums i've only heard these last two but um of those last two this one is definitely the the favorite it's just a stronger album from start to finish but uh you know me, I always like to finish with something a little longer, not super long, and usually something kind of slow and heavy, so this is a good one to close things out. So see you guys in two weeks uh, with episode 144. Until then, take care. Here we go. Off of the third album, King Delusion. This is Nailed to Obscurity with Memento. Cheers. <laughs>